BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorced, Not Dead. And today I'm really honored to have a special guest all the way from Indonesia who we just met actually here in Dubai. And her name is Raline Shah. She is a model, an actress, an entrepreneur, and so many other things. So I, I love this about you. So anyway, we got talking. She ended up at a, my dinner party completely randomly. We got talking and we have very similar views on things. And I wanted you to sort of hear her story a little bit because I think going through the world today is hard enough but when you come from a culture that expects so many things from you different things and you have to be so many different things to you know all these different types of people because you know she is in the public eye and people do look up to her how do you then navigate your own life so welcome Raleigh. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here as well to talk about these things. Actually, I've always been quite introverted when it comes to my views on relationships because I feel like the wider public, especially being a Muslim woman in Indonesia, they have certain unspoken expectations and it's very hard for me to just be myself sometimes, you know and say like, I don't know about marriage. You know, it's very frowned upon to not be like a big supporter of marriage and a family, the nuclear family. So yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you about it. (laughs) To blow a hole in this subject, really. (laughs) Well, it's actually interesting because your whole life, as you said, you're an Indonesian and you're a Muslim and people sort of expect you to to be a certain way. You know, you're a model you're an actress, all of these things. First of all, before we even get into the relationship part, what is your line of work? You know, you have 7 million followers on Instagram. As an actress, you must have to do things that maybe aren't 
the norm for girls your age. How did people just react to you being this famous and doing all the jobs, wearing all the hats you do as an Indonesian woman, full stop, before you even get to the relationship part? Because, I mean, as a Muslim Indonesian woman, are you meant to be quiet? Are you meant to be, you're just meant to have the nuclear family? Are you even meant to go to work? I don't know. Well, we come from a very open and free culture I feel compared to most Muslim countries we're a moderate Muslim country so the women especially in Jakarta they're very modern as well so we're allowed to work have careers but I think to be in the entertainment industry it's weird like usually in America the entertainment industry allows girls to be like single older and free but in Indonesia somehow the picture perfect kind of actress or girl next door is married by like 30. <laughs> and if you if so you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I just turned 36 two weeks ago. And you look amazing. She looks amazing <laughs> yeah. for those of you. Well, you, you can, you can watch this on YouTube, but you know, you if she looks incredible. So now at this age, what are your what are your feelings now about life? So knowing what you do, and, and I, I was just talking about this because I actually just did a podcast just before you came in, and I was just saying to myself, you know when you're younger, you have all these ideals of how life is going to be. Now you must have seen people in your lifetime get married with all these ideals and already be divorced. Yes. Yes. And friends of yours too, right? Family too. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, having the foresight and being able to have seen that, how does it change things for you? Do you, has it changed your view of the world? Like what would you teach your daughter? Would you instill the values that were instilled in you? It's not about the values, but the, the sense of urgency in a way. I think honestly, if I got married in my 20s, to be completely honest with you, I guess I'm not used to speaking my truth, but I'd probably be divorced by now. And look at me. That's my point. Yeah, and- because you change all the time. Like every three years, I feel like I change my perspective on marriage and being with a man and having children. I feel like it's a victory that I'm this age having not have been married. What is your longest relationship? My longest relationship is three and a half years. Okay, that's my nice. shortest relationship is one year. So okay. I've always had long relationships. It takes me a long time to kind of get to know someone and actually in my soul be like, okay, this is my person. So it takes a while for me to get to know them. Then once I'm with them, I feel like I want to nurture them. I want to take care of them. And I, I feel like mentally and emotionally, I'm already married to them. Yeah. That was a problem. And then my after my last relationship... That was, when you say that was the problem, sorry, what do you mean by that? Like you think you gave them too much? That was a problem because I gave them too much. And I, I assumed like, okay, we're a couple now. I'm going to give you all my love, all well, my you attention. you should after a year. If you, if, if you don't assume you're a couple after a year, I think, you know, you, there's a problem with him, not you. <laughs> no, I mean like before that year, I will take a few months to decide like, is this my proper boyfriend? Because in Indonesia, that's how it is. It's like you don't go on one or two or three dates, especially I come from a small town called Medan. So we're quite traditional. It's like either you're in or you're out. And when you're in, they meet the parents, you're part of the family. And even if you break up with them, they're still going to be your friend or a part of the family because they've been there, you know, unless you had a bad, bad breakup because you live in a small town. Everyone knows everyone, everyone's parents. You're going to bump into them dating another friend of yours. It's 
kind of crazy. I mean, it's a big country, but it, no, no, it's no. That's society. the perfect thing. This is the one great thing about not having children. When you get break up, you don't have to tie yourself back to that person. Exactly. So no, I, I that that would be crazy so if I, I had all like my. So I feel like it's a victory, you know, having had a full career, being in movies, modeling, now being entrepreneur, starting my own coffee chain. I think I really think that if I had advice for my daughter, I would say, just be happy in yourself, be happy in yourself, fulfill your own human potential, be as independent as you can. And then a man is like, okay, if it works out, it's great, but it's not like the main focus of your life. Because for the most part of my younger life, (laughs) younger days, I was just looking for my perfect soulmate, my perfect partner, you know, that person that would complete me. But no, but I'm I'm happy with myself now. I'm complete on my own. And it's like, okay, if I have a guy, how is he going to make my life a little bit better? That's a key, key message, I think, because honestly, there is no perfect person. And I think the sooner we all learn that, the better for, for, for society, to be honest. So, you know, for, the better for everyone. You are never going to find that knight in shining armor that fixes everything for you. You need to fix yourself and then the rest follows. Right. And you have to be the one. So you're like, oh, I'm looking for the one. You have to be the right person. You have to be the one. You have to find tools in yourself to self-regulate emotionally, financially be independent, be happy in yourself, have your own dreams. And then if someone, you know, you meet someone along that path to you being the best you, great. If you don't. I love this. So you, know? you must have met so many people that's kind of went, oh, poor Ali. You know, don't you get that? It's like when I got divorced, you know, she hasn't found anyone. And you're like, actually, I'm fine. Yeah, because happiness is getting what you want. So if it's not something you want or you're longing for and you don't get it, it's not unhappiness. It's not. It doesn't translate into that. I'm doing exactly what I want to do and the results are amazing. So I'm happy. And that's what I always say. Don't feel sorry for me. I got that after 18 years. I'm like, you poor thing. You know, I'm like, no, no, I'm absolutely fine. And I think, you know, coming from a single woman, that that's a very powerful message to get across to the listeners today, that you don't need to feel sorry for me because I haven't got married and had my children. That wasn't my path. Now, the one thing I would say, and I've always said to everybody is like, you know, make preparations, which is like freeze your eggs, do all that kind of stuff, because that gives you so much choice and you can go on and there's no rush. And I think today's society that we should wait a little bit longer and make the decision because by the time you do find your cherry on your cake, he will be perfect because you're going to be an easier person Mm-hmm. You understand nothing's perfect. Yeah. You are settled in your life and it's flowing. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to find your best friend. Yeah. And settling in your life and making it flow isn't as easy as people imagine, especially with the travel schedule I have and all these people coming in and out. I meet new people every single day. It's not easy to be my partner, but if I make an effort to make it flow and settle down, it's still not going to be easy unless it's the, in, the intent is there to be a good partner. Let's take a little break from the show and discuss Cheap Caribbean. It's giving you more of what you want and less of what you don't. Less stress, more fun in the sun, less to do on your plate, more tacos on your plate, less thinking about the big picture, more margaritas in the picture. I mean... Isn't that what we all want? 
It's time for an all-inclusive beach vacation. CheapCaribbean.com has got you covered, so you're close to chilling in Jamaica, partying in Cancun, or relaxing in the Riviera Maya. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun. Let me tell you, people, it really is amazing. I'm actually doing a all-inclusive holiday as we speak. Cheap Caribbean has no change fees, and when you book at Cheap Caribbean Resort and add trip protection, so you can book with confidence, less money, less worry, more beach. Right now, you can take $100 off your next beach vacay when you visit cheapcaribbean.com slash divorcenotdead. Go to cheapcaribbean.com slash divorcenotdead to get a great deal, and I'll see you on the beach. Well, let's discuss your life for a minute. So as an actress, what does that mean? Are you gone for like months at a time? How does it work? Well, I've managed to have a film career doing a film or two a year. So that means I'm only gone for probably like three months, three and a half months. Indonesian films, it's a very short shoot schedule. Usually for one movie, it's one and a half months. But the preparation that goes into it, getting into character, all the training, choreography, if it's an action movie, that takes time. And sometimes that's abroad. I live in Indonesia, but my movies shoot in Malaysia, sometimes in Europe, all the traveling. Only now I'm moving to Bali and trying to settle in, I guess. Before that, we were in L.A., uh, me and Alexandra, my stylist, my friend, we were in LA for one and a half years, two years hustling, you know, going for auditions, going to classes, red carpets, premieres. That sounds amazing to me. So you basically, I love it. So you've basically prolonged your, what well, I call it, because I have Peter Pan syndrome. I don't want to grow up particularly. I, I definitely have Peter Pan syndrome. Yes. And most of my friends do actually. But that's amazing. How amazing to be able to afford that. And I don't mean financially. I mean, people tend to want to grow up too fast today. Yeah. And I don't understand what the hurry is. You've got the rest of your life to sit home and sort of, you know, ponder what could have been, you know, and that normally happens when you're incapacitated in some way later down the road. While you have two legs and your full capacity, do everything. I think that's amazing. Exactly. And I notice it, as I said, I mean, luckily most of my friends are all, all have Peter Pan syndrome because I think we're all attracted to each other. Right. But, you know, I go to the school Gates, and you can see the difference between a 44-year-old and then a 44-year-old, you know? And there yeah. are some women who have just dedicated their lives to their men and their families. And I'm not to say that that's bad, but you can see that they gave up who they are. So when, when you chose this career and you chose all this, like what kind of pressure came from your family then that must have been like, you know, where are my babies? Where are my, you know... My grandchildren. Yes. Well, actually, I feel like I've had a couple of lives being this age because I started acting quite late my first movie premiered when I was 27 oh wow so that's quite late and before that I was working for the family in a small town called Medan so what I'm trying to say is I did live that life trying to fulfill my parents expectations living there and my dad gave me even like a, a time limit like okay by 25 you have to meet the person you want to marry. If not, I'm going to introduce you. So like I went through those introductions and things like that. And so I've tried and then I decided, look, this is not working out for me. I had a big, big argument with my father and uh, basically cut me off and I didn't keep in touch for a year. And then I discovered this new career as an actress, as a model. 
I never dreamt of being a model and actress. I just needed a job at the time. And it fit me perfectly, I guess. Oh my God. So he cut you off because of your choices. Yeah. At the point of time, there was someone I was kind of arranged to marry. And I mean, we loved each other, but it was like in Indonesia, it's called cinta monyet, monkey love. It's like a childhood kind of love. I didn't think that would be the person I'm going to be with my whole entire life. In hindsight. I think he was the nicest boyfriend. And then after that, I dated someone I really liked. And my dad was like, no way. He's like, he's in a band. He's not Muslim. Uh, he's not someone he could ever imagine me being with. And I was so heartbroken because I love this person. And I felt like this person loved me. In the end, it didn't work out. But then I realized, oh, maybe I'm not the person everyone expects me to be. And I have to find another way. I have to find a job of my own so that financially I'm not depending on my family. And the truth is in Indonesia, amongst my friends, I'm not saying all Indonesian girls are like this. They depend financially on the family and they work for the family. They go abroad to study and they come back and they work for the family. That's just the thing. And then they marry someone that the family introduces. So I had to break out of my shell basically to be who I am. So isn't that amazing that the biggest sort of trauma in your life was the one that shaped you the best way? I guess now I'm starting to realize that. Yeah. But when it happened, it's like my whole world crumbled down. I never had a job of my own. I never lived on my own. And I never fell in love that deeply. And then having to say goodbye to the person I love because, you know, of society and religion. And in Indonesia, by the way, it's illegal to marry of different religion. So either the guy has to convert or accept Islam or you have to. Isn't it crazy? Like when you look at all these things and the parameters that society puts around us, and I was just saying it's so hard anyway. And I think that that's another thing, like you proving to people that there should be no shame and no blame on anything. Like, you know, you could have followed the natural path and you took the harder route, which is like what I think a lot of us have done because the easy thing for me would have been to stay in the marriage and make it work. And I could have made it work and it would have been just fine. The thing is the other side of it is so much better. And look at you now thriving. What a spearhead for sort of Indonesian Muslim women, you know, like yeah. they must really love you for this. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've had a client uh, write into me after my last really heart opening interview. I think that was my first heart opening interview because I told you I'm quite introverted in terms of my private life. And uh, she was like, you know, people at the office, a lot of us are career minded single girls who are also dreaming of finding the one and not not finding the one yet in our 30s and your interview just made us all feel a bit lighter and gave us hope and actually made us reflect and feel grateful that we're here we're happy we're single and we have that thing to look forward to if it happens if it happens because you're being authentic you know? as you said it's not like you haven't been on a date it's just you have chosen that that's not the right one what do you think it is like you've said you've had like three years one years and things like this like genuinely that you felt hasn't been right just as just as character traits what 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 is it that you find that always cuts it off why do you feel they haven't been the right person actually I've been quite a simple person it's always been Alex is here my my best friend it's always been like 
these guys chasing after me, love bombing me. That's what I found out. It's Is it called. because they, you know, a lot of famous friends, I've got a lot of actress friends. They think that you're a char- the character they've seen. Yeah, yeah. So they love bomb you, right? They give you all these gifts. They try to chase you down. And me, because I have no time to be aggressive and look out for who I want to be with. I'm like, okay, love bomb me. All right, fine. Send me flowers. All right. Love and then bomb I me. love bomb me. You know, I love that. Why not? It's super flattering. And then I end up in a relationship with them because I I find out ways how I could nurture them and be nice to them. And then now I realize why am I mommying all these boys? And I always end up with mommy's boys. Always. All my exes are mommy's boys. And that's fine because I'm like a nurturer. But I my have boyfriends mommy are mommy boys. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that except that in the end it doesn't work out because their moms either don't like me or their moms How could they not like, like me too much and I don't like their son <laughs> and I end up being friends with the mom. My point was that I guess now I found out at this age what dating actually means. You're just the most you and you try to find someone that's the most them and see whether you like each other on a genuine level being the most you that you are. Before, I was always trying to fit myself into their lives because I always felt like these boys that love bomb me and I end up falling in love with were more important than me, always. But you'll only understand this now at this age. You couldn't have been told that back then. Not even back then. Even my last relationship, I'm like, okay, how can I add value to this relationship? How could I fit his needs, you know? But he was so conscious and he had even like a, oh my gosh. Should I say this? He even had a relationship counselor for us that we would talk to whenever we had a problem or once a week because he was so busy with his work and he was so busy with... you're seeing counseling before you get married, forget it. But I think he saw it as like a job interview, like does this person fit my life? And then now I realize, oh my God, I should have been more intentional like that too. Maybe not as extreme as he was, but like just see the person as they are not try to fix them the way I think, you know, they could be better if I help them with this, if I fix them like this, you know, they should just be them. Like, do I like them as them? Maybe they're unfixable. Like there's no need to fix other people and nurture other people. They should just be adults. I've been dating boys, even though they're my age or a bit older, they're all boys. Like right now I realize what I need is like a man. A fully grown ass man. Let me know when you find one of those. <laughs> I mean, she's the boy- looking for a unicorn. <laughs> I am looking for a new unicorn because anyone I knows feel I a unicorn. It, you know, I I work on myself every day. No, I self reflect. I'm sure they exist. No, no, they, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Look, I I'm dating a, a man child. So, but he's the most grown up man I found, and he fits perfectly into my life. So it's fine for me. When you stop putting parameters and pressure and looking for what the norm is, as you said, you know, we all have very busy, very different lives to what, what the norm was. Right. So, you know, you do travel, you are like out there. It has to be a certain type of guy. I imagine dating you, everything's about you right now. I know that you say that you want to make him the focus, but you know, if you're as famous as I think you are over there, you know, then it doesn't, it's, it's always about you, not by your fault. 
It's just that, you know, I'm sure if you go out for dinner, you're recognized. It's annoying after it's a while. True. And they know? have to take pictures yes. of me and strangers. Yes. And, <laughs> and they get pushed out the, wa- the way. You know, I was on re- reality TV in the States for four years. I mean, nothing, you know, I don't have the followers you do, but, you know, it's on, it's a series. So people think they know you. And it used to drive my ex-husband absolutely nuts when he'd get pushed out of the way at the airport or whatever for a picture. And it's always about me. And, you know, it's very hard for the man because we kind of take their balls a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've had some boyfriends who are very gracious about it. Like, okay, they take a picture for me and they said, oh, what about me? Don't you want my picture? And like laugh it off. But some of them get really annoyed. They're like, ha, we have to wait for you again. The magic of dating all these people, I guess, not a lot, just a handful of them. They're still my friends. I feel like they're my family because so emotionally connected. And I, I told you, I love to nurture people. So even until now, that guy that I didn't end up marrying, he's now getting a divorce and he's now talking to me. Of course, I'm not interested in him romantically, but he still Why sees not? me as a friend, you know? Why not? Well, still, the problem still exists, right? Well, like, not always. Sometimes t- time, as you just I said I mean, the yourself. religion thing, for one. I have to marry a Muslim, essentially. Do you really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not as religious as my parents would like me to be, I'm sure. But I feel like I'm spiritual. But I would love to give that to my parents, at least, you know? Because I mean, they you are, do know you can't live for other people. I know. I, I know. That's still the struggle that I have to... I also think, as you just said earlier on, that, you know, you've changed so much every three years. And that's that's the God's honest truth. You know, so I do think if some relationships... I, I've heard stories. One of my really good friends, their parents got divorced, had babies with other people, and then remarried. Really? Yeah. And they are blissfully happy. It happens. It does happen, not often, but it happens. And sometimes, you know, you you discredit someone for a reason or they weren't quite ready. And, you know, life happens to them and whips them back into shape. And maybe they're the right person in the end. You never know. But they're kept in your life for a reason. So I, I don't believe in wiping anyone off, you know. The truth is there's so many people out there. Like if I could tell my myself just two years ago like there's so many people around I was so depressed every time I break up I get super depressed I can't see my friends need to remind me like hello there's a lot of people that want to date you hello but I feel like it's so hard for me to open up my heart and my life especially do you feel like you're to blame do you do you take it on board like that like it's all about me especially the last one I was just like oh my god there's so many things I need to fix and something he said was just stuck to me you know he said you're just not optimal what like not optimal and I realized of course I'm not optimal I'm an artist like we have crazy schedules we're moody like I work with emotions as my for my job and you're a tech person obviously I'm not super optimal in your eyes what is but not optimal even mean you know sometimes I'm a little bit late or he doesn't understand how I'm thinking or it doesn't maybe not optimize for him basically if you heard this i've never heard of something you know like this. we used to have clearing sessions once a week it's where we write these sheets where we write in a sheet like fact feeling request so the fact is okay raleen ate ice cream five times a week this week and then the feeling is i'm worried that she might not be healthy i'm worried she might influence me to be unhealthy and also our future children. Maybe I'll have a shorter life because of that. And the request is 
for you to eat less ice cream. But the note is like, you don't have to follow the request. It's just a clearing of his facts and the feelings that he has attached to the fact. And then I can like rebuttal and say, okay, the fact is I did eat ice cream five times. The feeling is I was happy to eat that ice cream because it was all on different occasions. I didn't go buy it or whatever. I was at a party, I ate ice cream. We were at dinner, there was good ice cream. Like it's not something I do regularly. And my request is, then sometimes I just say, I have no request. I just want to say thank you for pointing that out and caring about me. So in a way, it's weird maybe for you, but for me, I was like, oh, this person loves me. He doesn't want me to be unhealthy, you know? But on the other hand, some people are like, what? He's so controlling. Yes. Why? That's what I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that. But so after that relationship, I just questioned everything. I was rereading our clearing sessions. I was like, oh my God, I never really listened to this person. And I blame myself like, oh, this is what he needed. Maybe if I read all this, I would have either worked harder or left it earlier. I'm not sure, but I always felt I should have worked harder. So let's take a little break from the show and let's discuss a skincare brand that really doesn't need an introduction. Elemis is the number one luxury British skincare brand that believes in truth and beauty. For over 30 years, they've introduced decadent formulations that respect the skin while delivering truly remarkable results that you can totally see and feel. With foundation in aromatherapy, a belief in science and a passion for nature, the luxury skincare wellness brand has created powerful results-driven products in skin-friendly formulations for over 30 years. Elemis is globally recognized. Quality, safety, and efficiency are in their DNA and each groundbreaking formulation contains absolutely zero harmful ingredients. I personally have started using their best-selling cleanser, Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm, and really wanted to try it for ages and absolutely love it. Elemis was kind enough to send me a jar and let me tell you the hype is real. It's so amazing. It has this unique transformative texture that simply, I mean, melts away every bit of makeup grime and daily impurities for soft, smooth, glowing skin. This has been, well, it's completely revolutionized my life. It feels like a spa in a jar, ladies. I love Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm so much, I want you to try it too. For almost 20% off, visit elemis.com, enter code NOTDEAD20, enjoy 20% off full-size products. Let's get back to the show. Let me tell you one thing. Relationships should not be work. That word needs to be taken straight out. The moment a relationship is work, you're with the wrong person. Like it just should flow. And trust me, I've, it's like trying to push a square through to a round hole, right? You can, you can want it to go in. You can probably squish the side down and get it in, <laughs> but it's not going to stick. And if it does, it's jammed. You know, and I think you need to look at it like that because these clearing sessions or whatever else, they're all very nice. But if you were going on your own, I'd understand them. But for someone else to have the clearing time and the space to tell you what's wrong with you and what he'd like you to change is fundamentally so wrong in a relationship. So wrong. You I are not marrying your father. Expressing, I think it's not to defend him or anything. I think it was more for him to just clear what he feels. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's definitely not my father. And it's interesting because, Riley, when you've had 
controlling parents, which I had to, you know, and I went to boarding school. I was at boarding school from six to 18. So like, I've always been told what to do. So, you know, it's very easy to give the man that control back because that's all you know. So when, you know, he says jump, you say hi. And it's like, my God, I'm no therapist. Yes. But I think that's what I'm no therapist, but I can kind of recognize that in you and you're looking for men to do exactly the same. So, you know, and that's what happens. And you get controlling men because we allow it. And now I've said, stop. I found my partner now, be it, you know, however many years to a little younger than me, but you know, he's truly my best friend. I never put any parameters on, on him. I never tell him what he should do or shouldn't do. You know, if anything, if he ever says that he wants, wants to do something, he, he must do it because I, I got told so much through my childhood, I can't do it. And it seems to me that, you know, for you having all these men that are telling you slightly what you're doing wrong all the time and not what you're doing right, you know? Yeah. I think I've had that pattern, but they're lovely too. I mean, no, it doesn't make them bad. My ex-husband's not a bad person at all. He's a really good friend of mine. He's a great person. And I always, I take responsibility by the way, for the role he took because he didn't come that way. I think I made him that way because I just gave him the role of being the man and, you know, you take control of everything. Yeah. And actually you don't need someone to take control of you, right? You're independent. You have your own, you're an entrepreneur. You don't need someone to pay for you. You don't need someone to guide you. You know how to live your life really. Exactly. Actually, now I realize I don't even need a man. It's more like, do I want one? Do I want children? Yeah. Yeah. I think, no, the last relationship, it was wonderful. And I think we did connect emotionally, but honestly the last straw was when he actually said on the phone with a therapist like oh yeah um i'm just wondering like because one year is my my limit to date someone so whether to marry her or to break up with her that's the honest truth that's why i needed counseling in the first place and then this lady said oh well my husband has a compatibility test and some men that i'm you know I'm treating, treating or consulting, I've actually dodged some bullets from this test. Would you like to take it? And without even saying, Raleen, should I take it or not? You know, have had that kind of conversation outside the call. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Let's schedule it as soon as possible. And then would you like one too, Raleen? Would you like to know if this person is the person? I'm like, what? I need a test to decide whether... A psychology compatibility I would have test. fired him and fired her and on I the spot. And I got so upset that I just stopped taking his calls, stopped texting him back. And I shut off when he was reaching out. He's like, did I make a mistake? I, should I take the test? I'm still going to take the test. I'm sorry if I upset you. And then I was just ignoring, ignoring, ignoring until to the point that he's like, okay, maybe you don't want to try. So in his mind, you gave up. I, I gave up. I was just upset and I didn't want to give up. In fact, I just wanted him to take the test and whether it turned out good or not to say, you know, I love you. Let's work it out. But, you know, and then I blame myself. That's that was your question, right? Did you blame yourself? I blame myself so much. I'm like, why did I cut off that person? Because I actually love that person. And my ego is just like I had no boundaries in the beginning. If I had boundaries in the beginning to be like, no, I don't want to take this weird couples counseling. I could have been. We could have been fine. We could just find out for ourselves. Yes, but like the man that wants that and asks that, what I don't like about that is, you see, there it is again, making you jump through hoops so that a computer can tell you whether or not you're compatible. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. You've absolutely done the right thing. And if, if 
he was the right person, if he is the right person, you know, whatever happens, there's got to be emotion in it. There's got to be love. Like, you know, when I started seeing Sergio, I pushed him away a million times because I thought he was too young and all this. And he showed up and he showed up and he showed up. And if they're not prepared to do that for you or to take the good with the bad and just understand that you're human and that, you know, and if you can't decide without a therapist standing next to you, whether you're, this is the love of your life, then, you know, no. That's not a man either. That's a mouse, Mew. you know, like <laughs> a little bit. Man or mouse. <laughs> man or mouse. But, you know, what you can do as an adult, you're open, you're over it, you know, you understand. And maybe someone like this, and if you still love him, whatever down the road is, you know, people change. But, you know, as it was and as it stands, you could not have gone on with that relationship. And I will back you on that as was, because you've allowed him to get so far down that path that every time you have an argument, he's going to go to that woman for advice. And she's clearly not on your side. She's clearly not on my side. Would you freeze your eggs and do all that? Uh, It's illegal back in my country. But if anyone could, I think they should. Yes. Because I think it's psychologically freeing as well. I know some friends who have done it. The truth is, biologically speaking, your quality of eggs does go down at a certain age and you know, doing IVF and everything in the future is much more complicated if you don't have your eggs frozen at your optimum age. I know, I just froze mine now. I definitely recommend it. If religiously and everything, it's okay, you should. But for me, I'm also the brand ambassador for the biggest halal makeup brand in Indonesia, Warda, and I'm very proud and honored to be the brand ambassador because I think the brand stands up for women, modern women, and moderate Islam. But that also means that I have to be sensitive to their rules and what I can say and what I want to say. I also have to remember like, okay, these are the people I'm representing. This is the brand that I'm an ambassador of. So I can explore, but also remember, do you still want to stick with that narrative that you're a modern Muslim woman in Indonesia, the brand ambassador of this brand that's getting Muslim women to be more uh, financially independent, independent, open-minded, open-hearted, but also still with the same belief system. It's slow. It's like here. There's baby steps, you know, until about six months ago, maybe it was. Sergio and I couldn't have lived together. You had to be married. You know, I can freeze my eggs, but we can't do anything else with them. Unless you're married. Unless we're married. There are rules here too that we all have to abide by. And they have relaxed quite a few of them, which is great. And it's it's coming, you know. I'm getting so much more used to sort of understanding the constraints of religion and, you know, how powerful that is for communities here. Right. But I'm super proud to be here and watch so many things change. Right. So many ch- things yeah. change. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. But um, I definitely think that, you know, we're all works works in progress and give yourself credit for how far you've come. And yeah. be it that, you know, you may have done it a little later than others and I may have done it a little later than others. We finally found ourselves at whatever age it is. And I always say to myself, you know, I wish I'd found myself a bit earlier or had the guts to jump a bit earlier or do whatever it was. But it doesn't matter. We're here now. And for whatever reason, I've been handed my youth again because I'm living it with Sergio and I'm getting to do it again and your your life is like living your teens in a way still and you traveling all over the world and meeting all these people like a new identity identity yeah and we're super lucky and with that I think you know I think that you show women that it's 
at our age or my age, I always say that, you know, I say, I feel like my life's just literally starting again. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have, you know, children, I hope. I'm going to, like, my career's taken another direction. Yours hasn't even remotely begun. And that's what's so exciting. It's really exciting. I want to believe that. Oh my God, it's the truth. It's the truth. And you should just get up and go, God, you know, it's going to be so exciting to see what happens to you. And thank you. So I've really enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much. And it's so interesting to see somebody else like yourself thrive in a, you know, circumstances that are so different to all of us and do it and do it your own way. So congratulations too. Thank you. I'm still on this journey. Thank you for the advice and the conversation. I'm definitely inspired by someone like you. So divorce is not dead. Just that mere sentence gives us women hope. So if you get married, you make the wrong decision. If you're divorced, it's not death. No, and, and you also, can start again. Yeah, in Indonesia, single is frowned not upon death. divorcees. And uh, it's, it's for everyone. There's nothing wrong with being divorced and there is nothing wrong with being single. Divorce not dead is sort of, it's not just for divorced women. It's for young women who, you know, have put constraints on themselves that feel like, you know, just they've missed out on societal timings and we just haven't. And I think two of us here today... Societal timings, that's a good one. Yeah, are both here from, you know... You're a bit younger than me, but you know, we're both here and we're from very different paths, Right. but we're both saying life is pretty fucking good. Yeah. And make the decisions for, for you, the you now, because you never know about the future. You never know. And would you honestly change one, one thing right now? No, I couldn't. I'm trying my best every day. So if you try your best every day, I think that's your best life. That's your best life. So thank you for joining me. It's been amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 